In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. I mean, that's basically the premise of the movie, right? Pretend like you're very important and then you will be. Or in this case, pretend like you're very important and absolutely not. We got to take those people out. What? Right? Did I watch the right movie? I don't know. We're we're talking about Auntie Mame. Yeah. (laughs) With Nikki D. No one's being taken out. I mean, we got to take out, take, I mean, like, take out the rich people at the knees. Not, Not taken out, taken out, but like. Show, shown them that they're bad people? You didn't watch the musical version, did you? No, that's a no, different no. one. Okay. No, I watched the one with the kid who's a really good actor and then is an adult and is yeah, like... Yeah, that kid is a really good actor, I kept right? like, I don't know who you are, kid, but good for you. Yeah, he came from... Most of the cast came from... It was a Broadway play. Well, first it was a book. Okay. And then it was a Broadway play. And then they adapted the play into the film. And most of the lead cast had those same roles on Broadway and then they oh. just all reprised the roles for the film. Was the kid the kid on Broadway? Yes. So yeah, that, that kid is like... And so, so that means the kid was good on stage and on film. Yes. That kid was phenomenal. That is a rare treat, yeah. Yeah. yeah that kid is great. Someone was telling me that um, Lucille Ball played the lead at some point? Uh, she was the lead in the musical okay. film. So, okay. okay. So t- I'm going to take you on a journey here. I'm going to pull up the IMDb, so hold on one sec. Okay. All right, go ahead. Okay. So, first, it was a book. With the same name? Uh, Yes, called Auntie Mame, written Mm -hmm. written by Patrick Dennis, the the kid. And then it became a Broadway play, and then it became the film that we are about to discuss. And then after that, they made a musical of it on Broadway, and then a musical film. Got it. Okay. So on Broadway, in the musical version, Angela Lansbury was Auntie Mame. Um, oh, shoot. Now I feel bad about a casting choice that I made. Never mind. Go uh-oh. ahead. <laughs> well, I, I had an opportunity. I don't think I went with her. But, like, I had the opportunity to do uh, Angela Lansbury as uh, Bo's mom. And then I went with someone else. Yeah, she was. Well, I mean, that could be a cute cameo. Yeah, but I was like. I She's looked, like 100. That's She's the thing. She's 93. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, mm. She looked yeah. really old when she was in the new Mary Poppins movie. That would be a really great, like, yeah, like, people that know the film or, or know the musical would see that. That's actually a really funny, like, you can just pretend like you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah all that And brilliant foresight. cameo by Angela Lansbury. Um, and then when they did the film musical, they decided they needed a bigger star and they made Lucille Ball Auntie Mame. And then the film flopped because people kind of forgot that the person who's a lead in a musical should be able to sing, which Lucille Ball, for, sure. for all of her talents, couldn't sing. Huh. And was also very old when it came out. When did the musical movie come out? Uh, like in the 70s, 74. Oh, yeah, that would do it. So I think she was like in her 60s or something. And it was like, it just did not. Mm. Pity. Pity. So how did you first hear about this? Because, like, obviously you know a lot more about this than I did. Because <laughs> your recommendation of watching this movie was the first I'd ever heard of it. Really? Yeah. Well, I see you are not a gay man, Sam Gash. That's the thing. <laughs> when we sat down, I sat down and watched with a friend of mine, and she was like, oh, yeah, this is a big, iconic gay movie. And I was like, okay. 30 seconds in, I was like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I get why this is. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I mean, it, completely outside my like orbit, but it completely fits that that description. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I mentioned it to a couple of friends that I was sitting with today, and the gay dudes were like, "Yeah, yeah." Yeah. Anyway. They were probably uh, at the Egyptian theater with me. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. Every December, it's like it's it's like going to Mecca for the gays. You go to the Egyptian theater <laughs> and you watch Anti-Mame. The people that put on Outfest put it on. Um, and people come dressed. Like, people cosplay. People, uh, they wear little, like, jingle bells on their wrists for the scene where she's oh, getting God. stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you ring them, and there's, like, a Rocky Horror kind of aspect to it. Like, you, like, boo certain people or yay certain people, or there's, like, certain things you know to do and say at different times. <laughs> it's really fun. And then, like, all of the the, the proceeds from the, the tickets when they do it, I think it's, like, 25 bucks. They go to the Howard Epstein School for uh, Jewish Orphans. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. We like to keep keep them. What is it restricted? Yeah, <laughs> it's a restricted right. area. So I realize I'm being a bad uh, bad podcast host, uh, Nikki. Yes, since uh, we're about to be talking about this movie, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Nikki. Um, I was a musical theater major in college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so now I understand why you know about this. That's like the first thing that I. Um, that I ever heard about this was the musical version. I didn't know necessarily about like the book or the non-musical version um, until maybe like five or six years ago when my gay best friend dragged me to the Egyptian theater to watch it. And I was just like, oh, and, like it's the same thing yeah. like he had. I was like, oh yeah, no, I get it. I get why we're here. Totally. <laughs> million percent. All of this fits. All of this fits. The grand staircase. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. So Nikki is a wonderful writer and a comedian and a fantastic photographer, apparently. Thanks for the photo comment. Hey, well, here's apparently. The well, here's the interesting thing mm. is that like I was seeing people posting pictures from like Nick D photography and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, some dude's taking their picture or whatever. And I didn't process it. And then months later you were tagged and I was like, oh, Nikki's taking those pictures. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So I like, cause I hadn't processed it cause I've been seeing, I don't know, like I think Lauren had posted something and I don't know, other people in, like, improv and comedy had, like, posted pictures and different headshots and different things, and apparently yeah. it had been you this whole time. It had been me this entire time. And it was a wonderful revelation for me. Someone, another friend of mine, actually sent me a message through my website, nickdphotography.com, uh, <laughs> and was like, and this is someone that, like, I've done sketch with before and stuff, and she was like, hi, Nick, because uh, I go by Nick D because it's just a much easier version of my Well, because you, name. you can also do your weekly top 40, but pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, top 40. Yeah, Nick, uh, Nick D's in the weekly top yeah, 40. Uh, Nick D's. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, I find it's easier to draw people to your business if they think you're a man. <laughs> B, uh, oh, it's true. <laughs> um, B, just my real last name is a nightmare. and It's long and terrible to say. Well, here's the thing about that. Yes. I mispronounce everyone's last name on this, but I can actually say Digitano. Hey! And I'm very proud of myself. Look at you! Yes. Um, I've also heard it said out loud, so (laughs) that helps. You know, a lot of times it doesn't. (laughs) I will say it for a person and they will immediately turn around and say it incorrectly. I've done, I've been that person who screwed it up before. Not necessarily with yours, but with other last names. Like someone on the show will be like, well, correct me and I'll still say it wrong. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I didn't. Last names are hard. Why do we have them? So you first heard about Auntie Mame through your friend taking you to the screening at the Egyptian. Uh, through this, this iteration of the film, yes. Okay. 
Because you'd seen the musical I, version. I had seen the musical version, yeah. Got it. At like a high school or something, like <laughs> when I was in high school, it was one of those things. That yeah. makes sense. So <laughs> so you haven't known about this movie necessarily for very long. Not for that long, no. No, no, no. Uh, for people who don't know, the Egyptian uh, theater in Los Angeles is owned by the same people who own Grauman's Chinese Theater. Yes. Uh, it's down the road, but the theme is different. <laughs> You they appropriated fi- a different culture for yeah, this one. Yeah, you can figure that one out on your own. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. It's Egyptian in the sense that the painting on the wall is different. They've got little busts of little Tutankhamuns and stuff. Probably. Little Cleopatras. I think I've only been There's there There's a once. giant scarab. There's actually a really beautiful, um, on the top of the ceiling. If you go inside, it's really beautiful. It's all yeah. like art deco. It looks really nice. And there's like, um, a, there's like a, what's the bird? Ah, uh, crap. I forget what the bird's name is. The, like, Egyptian bird Horus. god. Is that Horus? I was going to say Horus, is but it? I didn't think that that was correct. Horus is the god of the sun, right? The Horus is the sun god? It's an eagle falcon-headed... Sure. Sure. <laughs> anyway, there's like, there's, like, a Horus, like, like the wings of, like, you would see if it was, like, hieroglyphics, basically. Mm-hmm. That kind of style is kind of all over the place. That's cool. And then in the very center of the ceiling, there's a giant, like like scarab with like its wings like out and stuff like it's it's all really i mean that sounds gorgeous it's pretty classy yeah well the only movie i've ever seen there is princess bride so oh that's a great one yeah so that was fun and then i've seen i think i've seen but then at like the chinese theater i think i've only seen three movies what made you pick this movie as the movie to talk about okay so um another my same friend that got me into auntie mame got me into schitt's creek have you watched that I watched a few episodes on an airplane and I've never gone back. Because <gasps> you didn't like it or just... No. I just... It's never been one of those things where, like, there's so many other things I need to watch that... Right. I'm all, that I'm already not watching. Like, it's... I'm wearing a The Good Place shirt you and I are. haven't watched the finale yet. Oh, I haven't seen the season, so don't tell me anything. I'm not going to say any words. Good. Uh, do they all lose their voices? Do they just spoil something for me? No, I don't know. Um, don't tell me anything about it. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Because I'm a cord cutter, so I don't watch it when it's on. I wait a year until it comes out on Hulu or whatever, and then I watch it. Well, I mean, don't tell them, but, like, I just watch it on NBC.com. Just oh, free. can you do that? Yeah. I never know, like, if any of, like, which of the stations bother to let you do that. You do. Like, stuff on CW, but stuff on But also because NBC. I don't have cable. You usually have to have a cable account to watch that, don't you? Some of them you do. I think if you have, maybe, I stole my parents' cable account. Either oh, way. See. So that's how I have HBO Go. That's how I have Amazon Prime. And I know that's true for, like, the Fox shows, but I feel like CW and NBC let you watch it because there's just commercials during it. That's the thing. Like, I hate the ones that are, like, they make you sign in or whatever, and then there's still commercials. Who knows? Like, Hulu. Like, I pay for Hulu. Yeah. And then there's still commercials. Well, there's Hulu, and then there's Hulu without commercials. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's two different Hulu. You can get oh. the... I think it's seven ninety nine for with commercials and eleven ninety nine for without commercials. I had gotten, like, a deal from Spotify. It was like, if you had a monthly Spotify account, then, like, three months of Hulu was, like, 99 cents or something. Awesome. Yeah, so I just did that for a while, and now I, now I think it's, it's the Auntie normal, Mame like, Auntie would have been all about that deal. <laughs> nice segue. Yes, I'm moderate to okay at this <laughs> uh so your friend uh got you sorry so got you into Shit's creek yes okay uh, um so yeah Shit's creek wonderful show very funny i binge watched the entire four seasons in like a week um and Catherine o'hara plays the matriarch um of not the shit family because they're a different family she's the mayor's wife she's 
No. No, no, no. So the mayor is is rolling shit. He, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Chris Elliott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. He's super funny. I've 100% used him as a recasting for something on this show yes. before. I don't remember what. No, pretty much like my recasting for this is going to be like like a, that whole group. Basically, just... We have very different recastings. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be a lot, for, for a a lot of the Christopher Guest people and then like some other add-ins, you know, uh, basically. Uh, good. I'm looking forward to... Because we're going to end up mixing <laughs> and matching and I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Um, so, uh, Catherine O'Hara plays uh, Moira Rose... And her character is just, like, this ridiculous rich woman that is kind of, like, out of touch with reality and how non-rich people are. Yeah. Just kind of, like, how life is. Um, and it's a very broad, like, she's an ex-soap opera actress <laughs> who now is just kind of, like, married rich and is just, like, ultra, like, billionaire, like, rich. And just doesn't understand, like, simple <laughs> things. And watching her character and just, like, the way that she dresses is, is like, just ridiculous for daylight. Like, just insane ball gowns and shit, like, in the middle of the day and stuff. So you've been in a Nancy Mame mood? Pretty much, yeah. I was, like, one time, like, it just, like, hit me. I was, like, she would be great if they she redid Auntie Mame. Like, Catherine O'Hare would be a perfect dead-on Auntie Mame. I was like, I should call. I think I texted. I just like texted you out of the blue. I was like, Oh, you know what? For mm-hmm. your podcast, this is what I want to see remade. And I, I'm always a big fan of like when someone comes in with something I've never heard of. You were like, What is that? Like, I, the next the episode that I'm going to be doing after this is a movie that I own. And I'm excited to talk about that too. But like, I own that, so it wasn't an opportunity for me to see something I'd never heard of yeah. before. And the friend who I watched this with, I was like. So I need to watch this movie on Friday. It's called Auntie Mame. I don't know if you've heard of it, but if you have any interest, she was like, I love that movie. I was yes! like, what? And she sent me a picture. I was like, I have, the, I have the DVD. And I was like, oh, wow, you really like this. That's great. But it turns out she already owned it. And so we were just watching her DVD copy of this movie. And that's how I saw this on Friday. Perfect. It, the DVD ended up wearing out a little bit. We ended up having to find it on Amazon or something. But, oh, no. But be, because she loves this movie, was she was just... looking on Amazon to like get a replacement copy. And apparently the DVDs cost $42. Oh! <gasps> Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure it's else. not one that, like, all of the kids are just buying. It's well, one where, like, we... you've got to find it. Well, based on the way the DVD looked, it's not, one, like, one of the cool new plastic covers. It's one of the ones where you kind of, like, open the clasp and then open it. You've seen those, like, DVD cases. I have... Wait, like the old ones? Yeah. It's, like, it's still a plastic cover, but, mm-hmm. like, it, there's that... It, it's not... You just crack the whole thing open like a book. There's, like, a plastic thing mm-hmm. that you have to open first and then open it. Yeah. It was one of those. So... It may not have had very many print runs, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's probably some old, like, collector. I'm not, that's I'm like, not sure hey. it's on Blu-ray. <laughs> For all the be, explosions. Yeah, it might, <laughs> it might not be in a Criterion collection yet, either. God, some friend of mine that, like, shoots documentaries the other day was, like, talking to me about how, like, she really wants to make sure that the camera that she buys does 4K. And I was like, why? why? <laughs> Just, you, like, you shoot you document. I was like, are you, like, superimposing explosions behind the head of the person you're interviewing? Why do you need 4K? I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, a lot more interesting. But, I mean, for all of the things that this movie is, because this movie came out in 1958. Yes. And it it's, came out in 1958, but takes place, like, during the Depression. It takes place, yeah, from 1920, probably from, like, 1928 to, like, 1940-ish, maybe, I guess, is kind of the yeah. range that it takes place Completely in. Completely ignores the war. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, no, it can't take that long, because he's still in college, isn't he? He, like, I think graduates, co- he's graduated college by the end. 
Okay. I think he's like, what is he, like 10, I guess, when she gets him? Something like that. I was like thinking And then by the end, he's got to be maybe like 22, I guess. Yeah. All right. I can see that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's 28 to 40. I'm not a million percent sure, but it's some, somewhere around that Something nebulous like that. kind yeah, of yeah. range. Whatever. He's the uh, older, attractive guy now. Whatever. Yes. With kind of one glaring exception, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty progressive movie, especially for that time. But there's a couple glaring exceptions. I, and they all have the uh, name, uh, Ido? <laughs> Ito. Ito, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh man. There's that, yeah, there, there's the, 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 the racism. Which is so funny because then when it comes to the little Jewish kids, though, like suddenly we're all crusaders for progression, but we can have this this complete stereotype of a person running around. Stereotype, but we love this stereotype. He's a member of the family. (laughs) Yeah, therefore it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. but we only know how to portray Ito in one way. Yeah, and there it is. (laughs) Like, and the thing is, like, I wouldn't necessarily like if if. If we do, if it was recast and it still had, like, a Japanese dude, like, as her butler or whatever, I don't care as long as he, like, can either, like, speak English fine. Be a person. Or just, like, speaks Japanese and is like, fuck you under his breath or whatever. Right. But not that weird, like, stereotype, yeah, like, whatever that is. It's not even a stereotype because no one acts that way. What, like, no. Whatever that is. It's... The, it's the weird Hollywood concept for what that race is, even though no one. No one is like that. No. Yeah. It and then was it racist against Irish people? I was wondering that, but I don't think that they they didn't make her seem like a gibbering idiot. Is she Irish? Normal dude. Wait, who? No, no, the, the Auntie Mae. Oh no, no, the Irish guy was uh, the 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 guy oh, who helped her write the I book. I thought you meant the the um the like housemaid. That comes oh. with Patrick. Oh, I don't care. Because she her. isn't like an Irish housemaid, yeah, but she's I not guess. like a crazy person. She's just Irish. Yeah. Um, well, no, O'Banion, I don't think, I don't think he's, fr- I don't think he's actually Irish at all. I full, think. Full his- disclosure, I cut him. Because oh. I don't, I don't give a shit about him. <laughs> this movie's two and a half hours yeah, long. Yeah, but well, you can't have Agnes Gooch's whole thing if you don't really have well, him, though. No, here's the thing. I don't, she can- Auntie Mame can be a writer, and Agnes Gooch is like the type, like the transcriber. But that's and the part of what drives uh, Gloria's parents nuts, though, is that there's just like a pregnant single woman living in the house, and it's well, like a den of sin. Here's my pitch: we don't have to meet the dude who knocked her up. He, she can go to a party at Auntie Mame's request. She can like have a good time because Auntie Mame told her to have a good time, and then we find out she gets pregnant from that. Maybe I don't know. I don't I, know if she would go. Without it being specifically Auntie Mae being like, you need to get this guy out of the house and you need to go to this party. I guess, but I'm like, I don't... I, he I does, also he, really, really want a certain person to play him just so that I have something to stare at. That's fine. <laughs> I get that. But it's but in terms of a character, he's not No, good. just deplorable. Yeah. But that's, that's like that's another big problem, though, is that... So, like, he's sexually assaulting her, basically. Oh, yes. And then Patrick... Walks in on it and, and and then like chides her and she takes the blame. She's like, right. "Oh, I'm so terribly sorry." When it's like, "No, you should have been like, um, first off, this guy this, was just sexually assaulting me." I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, not like, "Oh, I, I don't know what came over me." Uh, like you didn't do anything. Nothing came over you. And that's why I don't want him in the movie. Because mm. there's no. I mean, he, <laughs> he doesn't contribute I don't anything. Watch he, Catherine O'Hare get sexually assaulted. Right. I, like he only hurts the film. He doesn't help it at all yeah like it's it's for plot reasons but you can like people can get knocked up you, in multiple you can ways 
finagle around yeah. it so you don't have to have that guy. Exactly. That's true. You know what? I That's a point that I'll consider. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll talk about... Uh, There's also we'll, the part where the right before all that... No, it's right after that when Patrick is like, I want you to meet Gloria... And then he goes, I'll belt her in the jaw if she doesn't like you, Auntie Mame. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't remember that yeah. at all. Because it's like, it's weird. Like, he's being super, like, bipolar. Because, like, he's basically just like, you know, I uh, I want her to meet you, but, like, don't embarrass me, basically. Yeah. He's telling her. And then she's like, oh, I see. Like, I'm not good enough for you or whatever. And then he's like, what am I saying? You're my aunt and I love you. And, I'll, and he literally says, I'll belt her in the jaw if she doesn't like you. <laughs> Wow. Like maybe things like that need to not be in the remake. I mean, to be fair, I hated that fiancé with a fiery passion. Oh, yeah. Just the way she talked and then, like, she, she moved her shoulders when she walked. <laughs> and it just... She's I've a never, very stiff... She had the Long Island lockjaw. She very much did. And, like, literally just walked... Like, you, people listening can't see, but just, like, walked like this. And <laughs> I... It just... I've never been so angry. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to admit that the girl that played her, though, was really funny. She did a great job yeah, but, uh, at make, making me hate that her. person. That, that's the thing. Like, th- nothing against the actress. The actress was amazing. Was amazing. Did her but, job. <laughs> oh. But, okay, so the movie as a whole is basically, like, in three parts, kind of four parts. It's like Again, 15 parts. It is. so many parts. It's two and a half hours long. And I was having this conversation with my friend. I'm shocked it's only two and a half hours long. I always figured it was like three. Yeah. <laughs> and it always has this like weird fade to black with a single spotlight <laughs> and then the lights go out. Yeah. Very grand and elegant. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so basically, like, uh, we meet uh, Auntie Mame and the kid. Kid's been neglected. Oh, someone's paying attention. He loves her. Great. Oh, teaser. But then, like, your your basic three-act thing is the dude, the guardian wants to send him to school, and yes. the guy gets messed up because it's it's preppy and obnoxious and, and down with preppy, obnoxious yes. uh, Knickerbocker bank people. Mm-hmm. Act two, and, and then the depression hits. And yeah, so then, I, th- I think that, yeah, everything up to the depression, I, w- I would call act one. Yeah. And then act two is um, Beauregard. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, oh, she falls in love with, with this guy, Beauregard, who happens to be very wealthy. And then it's like, oh, look at his stuck up, obnoxious, rich family. Let's kind of put them in their place, too. She still marries Beauregard. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, act two. I would say when he dies is is the end yeah. of Act Two. Yeah, and then it gets into like the writing thing because I think that it's always about like kind of the affluent rich people are always the ones screwing things up. It's the Nicaragua bank person. It's the Southern yeah. plantation people. And then when Auntie Mame herself gets money, she f's off to Europe for a little bit, and that's how Patrick gets corrupted by oh I need to go be friends with all of these Connecticut people. Ooh, because like. She didn't have money, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, I Well, have... she had money before. She did. But she I, had stock I, market money. She did. I don't want her to have that in our remake. We'll talk about that. Okay. I don't know if you can do that, but okay. Well, I'll get into it. That's like putting the Titanic on a train. I've seen Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you the... You're the second person this week to mention Snowpiercer to me, and I can't remember what the <laughs> other... And I'd never heard of this film before. You've never heard of Snowpiercer? No. And you're the second person this week to mention it to me, and I'm not sure... I don't remember the first one, but that's weird. I do recommend you watch it. Was it like in a Chris Evans context? No, is he in it? Yeah, he's the lead. He's who I want to be, O'Banion. No, not Chris <laughs> Evans. Chris Hemsworth. Sorry. Oh, okay. Right. Um, 
Any of the Chris's. Any of the Chris's. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. There's a whole series um, of them. No, but I'll watch anything you put Chris Evans in. Dear Lord. A guy on Bumble unmatched <laughs> me the other day because he was like, Iron Man. First off, we're adults having this conversation, this fight. He goes, Iron Man is the best adventure. And I was like, fuck you, it is Captain America. And he unmatched me. <laughs> first of all, points to him because that's a bold, that's a bold move. Because like... That was like the opener. I was like, hey, what's up? And he was like, Iron Man is the best Avenger. Uh, all right. Okay. In that case, that's messed up. It was, it was one of those things where like you're having this conversation like, oh, no. and it came up and like, Iron Man's the best Avenger. No, it's not Captain America. How dare you? And they're out. And like, that's <laughs> funny to me. Because like, that's the, that's just, just like principles. the ultimate punchline because that's a good story. Even though you never, you never <laughs> talk to this woman again, that's a good story for both of you. But if you just open with Iron Man's the best Avenger... I mean, no, yeah, that, I mean, that was just like, frankly, it sounds like you dodged a bullet. I mean, he was like, he, he wasn't quite that, like, insane. He, he was like, oh, uh, <laughs> it was weird. Why are you asking me this? We're in our 30s. He was like, do you like Marvel movies? I was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm a human. I'm, I'm part of Yeah. Does anyone actively market? dislike them? Yeah, but they're you know. pretentious jerks. And then he was like, what's your favorite? Uh, he was, what's your favorite Avenger? <laughs> My favorite Avenger is Iron Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Captain America <laughs> Well, if you like Captain America, you'll like Snowpiercer. They're very similar. (laughs) He's shaking his head at me. You can't see it. I don't remember why I was talking about Snowpiercer. Um, Uh, Because I said Titanic on a train. Right, right. Right, okay. So then, but then Anti-Mame gets money again and, like, goes and tours the world and that kind of allows, like, this positive influence to be taken out of this kid's life. I thought they were just on their honeymoon. They're gone for enough. They keep going on vacations to the point where the kid's now an adult. Like, he grows up. And, like, she sends him this giant Shiva statue yeah. when he's in school and he's an adult in that. Right. So, they're married for a while. Huh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why I always just figured they were on a really... I mean, I guess they technically were on a really long I mean, honeymoon. He said, but, I'm in oil. It just keeps coming out of the ground. Coming he, out of the ground. He just keeps well, making no, money. Well, here's the thing. I assume that be, there... Because it's like, you know, that's like a 10-year period... I assume that there are parts of, like, you know, that she's home and we just don't watch her just, like, chilling at home watching TV or whatever. But they do travel a lot. Right. Well, yes. But, again, it's also the past. And traveling <laughs> took a lot longer. It did. But also, he was, like, sent to boarding school. So I'm sure it was like, well, I'm not just, you know. Well. If my kid is in boarding school because but what, Mr. Babcock was made Was he going to be sent to boarding school regardless? I thought he was sent to boarding school because she went on all these vacations. No. He was sent to boarding school because, uh... Mr. Babcock, who, if, if we were in the theater, everybody would go and hiss at Mr. Babcock when you said his name. Um, also, knickerbocker is a fun word. Knickerbocker. But yeah, whenever you mention the bank or him, you hiss. Okay, good. Um, he comes and he finds out that she enrolled Patrick in Acacius's pantless school. Yeah, yeah. I remember and that. Because, out well, and because, sends him to boarding school. Okay, because I thought they'd gotten out of that. <clears throat> I thought somehow they'd avoided or figured out a way no. around that. He gets he gets sent off to boarding school. He does get sent off to yeah. boarding school. Okay, all right. Okay, Saint Boniface's, whatever. Because then that's why she turns around and she's like, "You're one of those Saint Boniface, whatever she calls him." Either way, I like because because uh, she'd said something along the lines of, "We're going to be going on these vacations, but you can visit us sometimes. You can come join us for a little bit, and you can see the shot where they're in the at the Eiffel Tower." And mm-hmm. but then like they go on other vacations and he's not there. Mm-hmm. And so just he loses this positive outside influence. Yeah. And so then in Act Three, it's uh, taking down the fiance and the fiance's family. Yes. But basically, <laughs> it's just like taking down kind of like the rich entitled people. Yeah. So. Say that. So so what's your pitch? Like what? 
let's talk about when you would want to remake this movie. Do you want to put it at the same time period? Do you want to put it now? How? What? What's your in for doing a remake? Well, I think you know you could start it in '07. Absolutely. The because this one started in '28, so the year before everything crashes, and then we had our own crash in '08. So you could totally do it then, and it would make sense. You could also like if you if it had to be stocks, you could absolutely be an Enron investor, so you could set it in the yeah. That 90s could be a great well. time. It could it would be fun to do like the '80s when the stock market crashed, yeah. and you, know, you could do, do all those crazy period Man, outfits. Capitalism sure stuff. doesn't work. Huh? Yeah, that's so weird. It keeps having to destroy itself to rebuild itself. Huh? Huh? Hmm. <laughs> it would be funny to see them in those period those period costumes of the 1980s. Um, could be really fun. But it's also... I actually kind of like the idea of putting it in the 90s because that's when the culture wars were. Sure. And that's a big thing and you just have that whole community and environment. But I don't know. I actually was thinking to put it back at, at the Depression era, but I'm 100% in favor of modernizing it because we already have that movie. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to remake. I don't understand, like, when people remake things and it's literally just a shot-for-shot remake. Like, why? We didn't need this. Why bother? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think that it needs to, (laughs) the, like, Shakespeare treatment where, like, we're going to set it in the future. You know, (laughs) everyone's always screwing with it for no reason. Um, But, yeah, I think a different time period, especially if we are going to modernize certain things about it. Yeah. I don't want the MRAs, you know, all of them that are watching this movie. MRA? Uh, uh, the men's rights activists. Oh. <laughs> All of them that are flocking to see Auntie Man, you know, being say, like, yeah. well, in the 20s, he would have decked her in the jaw. It's like, no, it's a, you don't have no. to, it's a, stop it. Um, I, I, if I'm going to be honest, I don't think Auntie Mame is going to be on the radar of the MRAs. That, that's, yeah, why immediately after I said that, I was like, yeah, they're really going to yep, be is, in line. This, is, this <laughs> has been on their shelf. This is the movie they grew up with. You can't touch this. We're not remaking Top Gun here. Jesus. Eventually, I want to remake Top Gun. I've also never seen it. It's not Top Gun, Tris. Why are there women? (laughs) Gun, Tris. Wow. (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) I don't know. What else would you call them? It's It's not Mrs. Top Gun. I'm trying to think of something. First off, if they make Top Gun 2 and it's not called Top Guns, what are we doing? I don't know. Just burn the society down. I mean, if we if we make a sequel to Top Guns, we saw the Top Guns. I want to see the Bottom Guns. That's that is a film, but that's not the kind that you. That's think. not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like these are the elite, really good people at fighting. I want to see the people who are really bad at it and got kicked out of the Air Force. Oh, you should write that. I'm busy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I could, but I'd have to learn stuff about military things. No, you would, because you're not good at it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Then you know what? I actually, I should write this. Also, also, I should probably see Top Gun first. <gasps> You've never seen Top Gun? Why would I? I'll watch it eventually. Because it's like a cultural landmark of a movie. I guess. It's on my list. True. Okay, so, but, all right, so okay. set it 80s, 90s, and today. Well, yeah. What, what speaks to you? What speaks to me? What speaks to me? I think I'd like to do the 80s. Yeah? Yeah, All I think right. it could be I'm fun. I'm for that. Cool. Well, I mean, that kind of works. Especially because that was a super, at least like since the 90s and, and 2000s, I don't know that the real mainstream thing has been to be very just decadent and rich and and right. insane about it, whereas the 80s it was. Absolutely. Especially because this movie came out in 1958 and was about kind of the 20s. So yeah. Absolutely. Let's set yeah, it 30 do it years now in the past. And then, yeah, 30 perfect. years in the past. 
40 years in the past. <clears throat> Let's not think about it. No, yeah, someone said something about, what is it, uh, we're further away from Back to the Future than Back to the Future was from Citizen Kane or something, and I was just like, no, because that would have been 40, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh... a... <laughs> Let's not think about it. Okay. Um... Okay, so yeah, so we said it in the 80s, but let's have a conversation about anti-Mame's wealth. Yes. Part of the reason why I don't necessarily want her to have as much money is because when you watch this movie, aside from the fact that Auntie Mame is glorious and fabulous and wonderful and whatever, and she has the big long staircase, is at the end of the day, she's also a one percenter. Mm. She's absolutely in like this upper elite, top shelf, super crust, whatever you want to call it. What what was the term they had in the movie? Top, was it top shelf? Oh, top drawer. Top drawer. Top me. drawer. Top drawer. <laughs> but, but I mean, she could easily walk into that life and people would mistake her for it. She just chooses to not be that. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's, and I get that. And that's certainly admirable. But at the end of the day, I also would I'd be interested in seeing like someone who doesn't, who has money but doesn't necessarily have that much money mm-hmm. who because you could be fabulous on less than a million dollars can you can you I, be fabulous i could i wouldn't know <laughs> can you be okay i moderate to acceptable mm-hmm. but like because like i kind of and that's not who i cast for her but i kind of like picture like kind of like the modern hippie the person who like has these outlandish and crazy parties but it's because everyone kind of brings something and makes it a, is a big a big outlandish, outlandish party mm-hmm the, not someone who just opened the liquor cabinet and will have a do. Yeah. I think that there are benefits to her at least having some money. Well, because we certainly need her two uh, workers. Her Ito Oh, and... we need her... Yes, we definitely... Yeah, because well, she wouldn't have an Ito if she wasn't rich. Uh, she would not. <clears throat> um, Ito and Nora. And Nora. I don't mind her being rich to begin with because I think... I don't mind seeing the message of like, because it's, it's funny. People think that liberals and millennials and Gen Y or Gen Z just like hate rich people. And it's like, that's not, we don't hate rich people. We hate assholes. It's perfectly, totally possible to be a rich person and not be an asshole and hoard all of your wealth and not, and, you know, and be racist and sexist and terrible and make your money off of the backs of brown children, etc. No, you're right. That's a good argument and you've convinced me. Um, So I don't mind it being that, like, yeah, she, you know, she happens to have money because her family did well in the stock market, but she's not an asshole. And I like the idea of, you know, when she loses all of her money... You know, she does go out and at least try to get a job. You know, mm-hmm. she she doesn't she doesn't just go oh yeah, yeah whatever. Like you know, she does the best that she can to try to provide for you know for this kid that she still has to help. Who raise. she gets sidled with and immediately falls in love with, which is super adorable. Yeah, like, never even seen the kid before in, in her life, probably. And it's just like I'm your auntie May, and yeah. then all the gays cheer. Right, basically. <clears throat> um, but I, but. Honestly, that's such a great moment. Like, oh, well, your, fa- your father and I didn't really get along, but you're with me now. What, what, how did you interact with him? Not well. Cool. And then she's like kind of figuring out what she's allowed to do, what she's allowed to say. She immediately treats him like an adult off the bat. Yeah. She says, 
Mostly. Ba- well, basically, she's just like, you know what? Here, here's a pen. Here's some paper. If you hear words that you don't understand, write them down. I'll tell you what they mean. You know, do you want to go to this progressive school where all the kids are naked? Sure. Basically, like, I, I will treat you as an adult to a certain point wherein I will let you come tell me, I think I want to do this. And then mm. we'll decide together if this is a good thing for you to do. Instead of, you know, kind of, because she, she had the money and he came with the money for him to just kind of be like coddled or... Um, you know, hidden away from reality, which is what kind of ended up happening because the trustees were like, no, this is the way that a child should be raised or whatever. And then you see how it almost ended up turning out. Right. Um, Whereas, you know, if you treat a a child like an adult somewhat and kind of if don't you buy try to him long pants. <laughs> that was such a great moment. Long pants. Long pants. Yeah. I loved that so that much. That kid is great. For, again, that kid was so freaking good. And there's so many good jokes and moments that I'm like sad that I'm kind of forgetting some of them. But there are also so, such sweet moments when he like pawned something or other to like get her the bracelet that was silent. I was like. That is the sweetest thing because he's this yeah. kid and like she was in this play and he saw and he loved her and he thought she did great. Uh, it was super sweet. Yeah. And then like after she like ruins the play and he's just like, may I escort you home? Like, <laughs> yeah. Mad and she's just like, yes, Patrick. With the, the light <laughs> on the face and everything. It just and fades then, out. Yeah. And then they do the, the, the fade on her face. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Interesting lighting choices. Yeah. But... And there were a couple where I was like, clearly this one took too long. Like the first, like the first one where I really noticed it, it took like fifteen seconds for the lights to go down, and she was just like staying in character, doing mm-hmm. the thing. And well, the same guy that directed the Broadway show also directed the film. Yeah, that makes so sense. So you can tell I that can... it was very much directed like yeah. a, like a play instead of a film. Where like you don't have to do that now, you know. <laughs> what was your What was your favorite like moment? from this movie like what's the thing like when you think of Auntie Mame like what's the first thing you go back to oh god there are so many there's the very beginning where she she I'm your Auntie Mame and like announces it that's kind of iconic when she's like life's a banquet and some poor suckers are starving to death that's a super like iconic line from it um the whole like the fox hunt yeah (laughs) like at the end of this family yeah that entire thing Mm -hmm. god there's there's people um, and she like pops out of the back of the barn with the fox. <laughs> and she's just holding and she's petting just the holding fox, it and it's such an obvious like fake fox. Yeah, that scene was so ridiculous because I, like I would I would ne- wouldn't necessarily have noticed. I might have noticed eventually. Like when they actually show her riding the horse, it's clearly a plastic horse. <laughs> and then like ah, it's, it's so, so weird. And then there's at one point in time where like you see the fox like jump over the camera but it's very obviously somebody just, just threw throw a it. toy fox over the yeah. camera <laughs> and, but to be fair like some of those shots where like the horses are riding over the camera i'm like i don't know how you filmed this in 1958 you just put the camera in the ground and pray <laughs> i guess and it was just and uh, and but every time they showed the fox i was like oh no yeah, poor little fox poor yeah little fox. you feel bad for it because you and i have souls yeah who wants to hunt a fox Oil people. Oil people. Terrible oil people yeah. want to hunt foxes. His family was terrible. His terrible. Mo- I was expecting the mom to be more, inter- Bo's mom to be more interesting. Like, oh, well, here's the mom. Like, oh, okay. She accepts Auntie Mame because Auntie Mame's the only person that treats her like a human being instead of just a future cash cow. Right. That never came up. But then she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she just, she's, she's just she, as prejudiced and awful exactly. as everybody else. Yeah, I feel like they could have either made her just go for it, just make her way more awful, 
Um, or make, like you said, make her actually accept Mame because yeah. Mame accepts her. She was just kind of in the middle. It yeah. was kind of like, yeah, and it was this awful old woman. Yeah. That wants him to, like, marry his cousin for some reason. Who, I also, I didn't, ca- I didn't recast her. <laughs> we don't need her. I didn't, I didn't give a shit. Okay. Uh, women are catty to each other. Fine. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. It's, j- j- impress the mom. Earn, earn, earn the, the miscellaneous white family over. Yeah. Maybe that could be something that would give the mom more to do. If, mm-hmm. if you give her a definite point of view that she does not want her son marrying this northerner. Yeah. And she's the one that, like, puts her on the worst horse and gives her the shoes that don't fit. Right. And do all That's of that more stuff. That's because Instead of this catty chick. Yeah. That's then you kill two birds play. with one stone. Yeah, and also you save a paycheck. Yes, look at you always. Oh, bookkeeper! That you're. <laughs> I'm a bookkeeper. And would you have uh, Bo die the same way trying to take a selfie? Yeah. Oh, I love just the fact. Yeah, that we. I think it could be funny if it's a selfie. I mean, if we said it in the '80s, it can't be a selfie. Oh, right. But same basic idea where. He could be setting the camera on. You know, you like set a camera on a timer and then go take the picture. Yeah. And he goes and like he sets the camera on the timer. Like, all right, great, we're gonna take a picture. And then he's like, wait, no, it's just like running back and forth, running back and forth. And it's a mountain, so he just slips and yeah, falls off the mountain. That's another thing. The way that that whole scene is, it's like that's very obviously not the side. You're not wearing enough clothes for that to be the side of a mountain. Oh yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I was watching him going, um. No, be a lot where's your Sherpa, first of all? <laughs> also, no. Also? And I I called his death. So, because the way they had the shot lined up with her, and she was, like, doing the thing, he was like, all right, move to the left, move to the left. I was like, all right. And there's this big gap on, like, the left side of the screen. I was like, all right, he's going to fall past her in three, two, oh. You don't and see him fall past her. You don't see him fall though. past her. They do that thing, but, like, they left space for them to, like, yeah. drop a dummy, and I was surprised they didn't. Yeah. Maybe that was, uh... In the original plan, and then they couldn't afford... They spent all their dummy money on the fox. It's also possible that they <laughs> filmed it both ways, because they have the camera set up for both ways, and then, like, if they want to do the joke where he's like, move to the left... Yeah. And if he falls past the camera, like, in a split second, because he's falling, the joke doesn't really work. Yeah, you don't want to see someone die in a comedy, also. Depends. It doesn't, uh, the Adam Sandler movie where he gets all the money open with his, like, the person who left it to him frozen on top of Mount That's Adam Sandler. We're talking about, like, the 50s. And, like, actual comedy. Yeah. Like, things that are funny, though. Exactly. We're not talking about, like, shock value comedy. The world is interesting. (laughs) The world is a trash fire. But, (laughs) uh, but then I honestly, like, as far as the, even if we said it in the 80s, the plot with the, with the fiance from connecticut can mm. be the exact same oh can be the exact same can we, be worse <laughs> the 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 homeowners association only extends so far but we don't want a bad sort moving in across the way what do you mean oh that guy he's an amazing cellist but he's jewish but he's Jewish, yeah can't have it can't have it he's the raw he's bottom drawer yeah he's bottom drawer it can literally be it's zach perlman yeah <laughs> but but then like when she invites them over and and does the whole showdown with the rich family with the chairs going up and down and this and that i really enjoyed all of that i don't think she needed to um pimp her assistant out on her out on patrick because i also didn't recast the assistant Mm. oh really because i was like um no why because clearly she kept putting 
the assistant in situations and it's someone who's intellectually stimulating and interesting. And mm-hmm. I think that's good. And I like the idea of someone being intellectually stimulating and doing all those things. But it was basically like, hey, look, here's a super interesting uh, person. She's a sex object. Oh, I don't think that she made her a sex object. No? No. If anything, I, I mean, there was the one scene where she had Patrick, like, help her on the ladder or whatever. But that was just to make uh, the girlfriend jealous of, like, the position that it looked like they were in, I think. Because even she was, like, when uh, when they make the same joke to each other, when they're like, who'd want to be in an institution? She literally, she's like, and that's enough of that, and, like, walks away. Because she knows that he's engaged. Like, she, yeah. I don't think at any time she acts like a sex object I, I don't, no, no, I don't think she does either. <clears throat> but I think that, like, she's brought in and kind of hired to be that. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. No? I think, because if she's someone who's been... And I think it's something where she just needs to, I think she needs to be in it more. You need to see her okay. like in the background of it more helping redecorate and stuff every time that. Or have, have her be there as soon as. As opposed to like. Literally because have, she does kind of her, come out of fucking Have nowhere. her be the Patrick O'Connor whatever dude who we cut earlier, the Irish guy. Have her be the other, the assistant who is helping I don't write. Want him, I don't want her to be an asshole though. I don't want her to be an asshole. Yeah. Just have. That actress do the important plot points that he does. Yeah, like maybe, yeah, it, it should be something where she needs to be introduced sooner because she does definitely come out of nowhere. And right. Then they're married. Like, and so, like, and then you can do that thing as where, soon like, as you, you have see her, we're like, like okay, we oh, get it. they're gonna like each other, whatever. Yeah. And then, okay, it can be a little more obvious that he does fall in love with her because of her intellectual abilities and the fact that she's not a garbage person. Right. But before we get into recasting, I mm. want to take a second to talk about the clearly best character in this entire thing. Agnes Gooch. Oh, yeah. Because she's so good. That she's actress amazing. is amazing. That's another thing. Every time you ever go see it live, I'm dragging you to see it live with me this year. When she's okay. like, I'm Agnes Gooch. Everybody goes, cheers. Ah! Like, yes, you are, Queen. The, the, uh, <laughs> the actress's name is Peggy Cass. Mm-hmm. She was also on Broadway. And oh, she's so good. And apparently she was nominated for an Oscar for like Best Supporting for or won it. I'm not sure. We looked it up because I was like, I don't think anybody won. so good. She was nominated, but nobody won. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, she was so funny. She just like gets up. She just lies down on the stairs. <laughs> oh, she's she, amazing. She's sitting and listening to like the tape recorder, and she's just laughing at everything that uh, Mame had to say. And yeah, when she's like, <laughs> uh, when they tell her to slow down so that Agnes can get it all, and she's like, oh no, I got it all, and then just like reads back everything perfectly. I loved it. Agnes is amazing, and uh, I look forward to recasting her. <laughs> this actress was so amazing i can't well no because i want because i want to talk about like what like because that role was so good and it's like one of those things where like i would potentially cut the book except you can't cut gooch she's the best one that yeah like because you don't necessarily need the book the book doesn't do anything it but, doesn't but you need gooch you need her you need you need the she gooch. must be there she must so then let's get into recasting let's do it you cast a lot from Shit's creek and that's fine what I cast is because this is such a, a iconic I gay cast, movie. I'm sure you. I'm sure you did a O'Hara. lovely job. I'm I didn't very cast proud everyone from Shit's Creek in it. Um, a lot of my casting, I went and looked up like gay icons, <laughs> and so I tried to fill this with as many gay icons Jesus. as I possibly could. That sweet, sweet gay money. I mean, honestly, I mean they'll was, they'll throw it down. Yeah, I. Because if, if you're remaking a movie that is near and dear to so many hearts... Yeah, you got to make sure you do it right first you got to make sure you get the right people and you do it right. Yes. 
Some of these people I didn't necessarily know were BA icons, but whatever. Who am I to doubt Wikipedia? You know, this is part of this podcast is, is learning. Yeah. Now, normally I limit myself to, like, one casting per thing. Two gay icons per film. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Like, I have one person for each role, but except for uh, for Mame. Oh. Because I was like, pick one of these three. Okay. Uh, and in terms of gay icons, I went with our, my three are Lady Gaga, Madonna, or Kate Blanchett. I don't want to do Madonna because... She can't act? She's okay in uh, League of Their Own. You, yeah, but that's nowhere near to... No, I know. That's... I, just because you want, like, the kind of the fabulous. Lady, Lady Gaga's far too young. How old is Lady Gaga? She's, like, 29 or something? She's only 29? She's... For some reason, I thought she was mid-30s or early 40s. What? You thought Lady Gaga was in her early 40s? I don't know. I feel like she's been around so long that I was just always just assumed she was mid to late 20s when she first became, but I don't know. Uh, she... Let's look it up. She's in her 20s, I think. Oh, she's 32. But still, far too young. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Big, iconic actor in the moment. And then, and so and then obviously the other one was Kate Blanchett. Did I say the wrong name? No, I'm just trying to picture it. Nope, didn't say that. Can she be, yeah, I guess she can be funny. She's been in comedies, right? Yeah. Hmm. Did you see Ocean's uh, 12? Did I see Ocean's 12? Not Ocean's 12? 12, Ocean's 8, the new one. No. No, I stay away from Sandra Bullock's things. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> because people tell me I look like her 30 times a day and I can't. You look nothing like Sandra Bullock. <gasps> Thank you. That's why we're friends. But, the, but Kate Blanchett's very good in it. And like that, and I don't know, she kind of fits. And so I thought that she'd be able to pull off big. But I'm also perfectly happy to go with Catherine O'Hara because it sounds like your description of her is basically exactly what it's, it is. Yeah. I mean, have you, you saw two episodes of Schitt's Creek, right? Yeah. So you've seen on kind Airplane of the, a while ago. Yeah. Like, go back and rewatch it. Like, now that you've seen Anti-Mame, like, go yeah. back and just, like, rewatch the pilot and you'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, it's she's uh, Eugene Levy's wife, right? Yes. Like, the, she's the mom. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she's perfect. But the problem is, is that she's playing... I mean, I guess she's playing a, a parody of the billionaire. Mm-hmm. So would she be able to play someone who makes someone else the parody of the billionaire? I think Catherine O'Hara can do anything. <laughs> okay. Quite frankly. Fair enough. Then we'll go with Catherine <laughs> O'Hara. Have you seen Home Alone? Is she, is she in Home Alone? She's the mom in Home Alone. Okay. Kevin! So she's a bad mother is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. She's really good at being a bad mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's been doing comedy for so long. So Like, she's SCTV classic yeah. comedy. Like, like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I think she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, Catherine O'Hara it is. Yay. Do you want to talk about Patrick? Because you have to cast him young and then you have to cast him old. I know. I don't know who the It children are. It's funny that you mentioned It. I didn't see it. Neither so did was, I. was there a child from that film that Pro- Probably, is good? but that's not who I picked. Okay. Um, did you cast a child or you figured I'd get it? I, I or that they'd really find f- someone new? Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was one of those things where... Because I don't know how Hollywood works. Like, yeah. if they can just find a child that's good enough. Or if you want to use, like... I think the kid that I picked is 13 or 14, but I think he can play 11 or 12. Mm. The The actor that I picked is Jacob Tremblay, who is the kid from Room. He's the kid from Wonder. I believe I've heard that name. He He's real good. Have you seen Room? <laughs> no. It's real sad. Oh, yeah, that little kid. What was he in that I saw? I don't know. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, don't look at his resume. It'll make you sad. <laughs> when he turns 18, he'll but- have money. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just realized. No, no, no. I mean, he's going to get no. all the money from all the films that he's doing. His that's what I mean. account will go right to him. Oh, it's going to yes, be great. Yes, that's God. <laughs> 
That's what I. That's a million percent what I meant. But, I knew what you meant, but okay. I, as soon as you reacted, I was like, "Oh no, I know." Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and so that's why I figured to be good. Like he's a good generic. Like he can kind of like slot into the like Connecticut crowd or the hippie crowd, whatever. Yeah, he can act. Yeah, he's good. And so then to cast old version of him, I I don't know. I cast CW actor number twenty seven. Yeah, it's like, you know, pick one. I, uh, I'm just going to go with the hottest one. Yeah, I picked Chris Wood, who, if you want to look him up, he's That's on Supergirl. Look him up. Oh, he'll do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, when I think- he turns 18. <laughs> I saw him, but I didn't know if he looked too old or not. I couldn't decide. That's the thing. Because the kid that plays older Patrick does not look like a 22-year-old. He looks like a 30-year-old. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you... You get a kid, you get a kid who can act, and then you cast someone who looks like an older version of them. Exactly. And that's why I was like, he's a white kid. C- random CW right. actor number 27. Whatever. Exactly. Like, that. Like, fine. I literally went through a list of them, and I, I was like, uh, this one. He's fine, he's attractive, whatever. Exactly. Did you have someone in, partic- in mind for old Patrick? For old Patrick. For old Patrick. Um, no. That's a, like, that whole weird kind of demographic, I don't really, like, Hot, young, that young. I don't. Yeah, just, I just I, don't know. Casting that young people is real hard. Yeah, I just don't care. So it is possible that I cut out some characters that you kept, but okay. I, like for her original first boyfriend, I didn't recast because I don't care. Oh, Lindsay. They weren't ever a boyfriend and girlfriend. They were just friends. He just asked her out a bunch. Fair enough. Whatever. I didn't recast him. I had Stephen Colbert. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right, fine. Whatever. Lindsay is Stephen Colbert. Okay. Because then afterwards, when she when she goes broke, he's like, uh, oh, you should date Lindsay. And she's like, I didn't want to date him when I had money. I can't want to date him now that I don't have any money. Yeah. Which that I think was a good line. Shitty. Yeah. yeah. And I agreed dope. with her. So basically, I skipped Lindsay and went right to Beauregard. Okay. Beauregard Jackson Pickett Burnside. Yes. Oi. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, I have John C. Riley. Interesting choice. You went <laughs> real goofy. <laughs> <laughs> he can do not goofy. Yeah. I mean, there's always, like, that slight amount of goofiness to him, but I feel like he could do it straight enough. Uh, the, the reason why I, I, tried to, I tried to walk the line <laughs> <laughs> between uh, goofy and I tried to walk hard the line <laughs> between, I realized we were, wrong reference. Some idiot's going to call me like, that's not the right movie! Uh, the people don't listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah. Because the first thing that happens when she first sees Bo is she goes, oh, oh. Uh-huh. And I don't get it. And also, different standards of beauty now, I guess. But I was like, all right, he's some dude. Yeah. But I, like, Not I, I was like, so, someone who's <laughs> vaguely attractive or can look attractive. That's why I picked Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> I forget sometimes that he got his start on a comedy. Yeah. And... Like he's, he's a like, funny guy. Hailed is such like a good actor now that it's just like, oh yeah, he played like a brainless moron, like piece of eye candy, on a not yeah a very very famous comedy. That's what he started. Right, and the first time I ever saw Woody Harrelson was, and I guess this is appropriate, on Will and Grace. That was the first time you ever saw Woody Harrelson. I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't have reruns when you were a kid? Yeah. Because I, I watched wa- Will and Grace. I wasn't watching Cheers in real time. No, I didn't I have I didn't watch Cheers until like I was an adult. Oh. Like I've seen the first I watched the first season of Cheers like a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. Um, and I only watched the first season of Cheers. I was like, good, I get it. 
I think I did only see the first season of Cheers pretty recently because when I used to watch it when I was little, it was in the later, it was in the, uh, what's her name seasons. Yeah. I Kirstie mean, Alley. Right. Which I didn't watch. I just watched the first, the, the Sam and Diane season. Yeah. You don't need it past Sam and Diane. No, you're honestly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I was like, Woody Harrelson, he's also in Kingpin and he's been in this and that and the other thing. And yeah. he's, a, he's a goofy, funny guy and he kind of can do like that Southern charm. I was looking him up and he is something. He is something. Some actor. Uh, I mean, he's from he's from Midland, Texas. Mm-hmm. His dad was a hitman for... It's not important. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. His dad was a hitman? Yeah. Is that how he got into Hollywood? Oh, not a good one. <laughs> um, there's a... There's another podcast. Have you heard of the podcast called The Dollop? Mm-mm. It's like stories from American history, but like told from one comedian to another. So it's like sometimes they're like intense stories. Like they did a whole episode about like H.L.B. Bush. Mm. Like right after he died, they did a, a, a McCain story right after McCain died. But then they'll also do like, here's a story about this boxer who was insane. And like, here's a story about the Boston Marathon. And it's insane. And then they're telling this other story. I want to say it's about like a jetpack. And then, like, a hitman is hired, and it's something-something Harrelson. It's, like, Owen Harrelson. Uh, no, I guess it's Charles Harrison. And it is for sh- And he's like, by the way, this is uh, Woody Harrelson's dad. Anyway, I'm gonna gloss over that. And yeah, no. Like, there's a whole the the separate thing with... Yeah, no. Look it up. It's insane. But Texas guy can kind of get into that whole... And that's why I thought Woody Harrelson would be fun. Kind of, huh. He kind of walked the line between, like, attractive and goofy. And goofy. Huh. He's also a little bit older. He is. He doesn't look it. Man doesn't really age. It's crazy. Doesn't really. He's 57. Is oh. he? Then he definitely does not age. He's 57? Yeah. Uh, did you know uh, Dylan McDermott's 57? I don't know who that is. From uh, The Practice, or, and he was in the first season of American Horror Story, Murder House. Let me look him up. Very attractive man. He was just on L.A. to Vegas. Well, I think I misspelled Dylan. I saw him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, I didn't see that. I read the book when it came out. I never read the book, but the movie was good. Oh, I read the book like in a day. I just sat and read. I, I couldn't put it down. It was so yeah, good. He's I an attractive guy. Film, yeah, he's pretty. Or fifty-seven. I think he's an attractive for a thirty-year-old. I'd, I'd, you'd let him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the wording is questionable. <laughs> the emotion is not. The phrasing, yes. What? I can give my consent. <laughs> uh. I mean, theoretically, we could go with him. We could go with Dylan McDermott, but... We could, actually. <laughs> that would actually be really funny. He's really goofy on L.A. to Vegas. Do you want to go with Dylan McDermott? Is he Southern? Uh, I don't think so. He was born in Connecticut. No. No, he has a, very, a pretty strong New York accent whenever I've heard him speak. I've then, never, no. I've never heard him try to do a Southern accent. I don't know if he could. So then, if we're jo- trying to say between John C. Riley and Woody Harrelson... I feel like John C. Riley looks more like the original dude. I think that's more why I went with him. Which is... I, I agree, but at the time, that was attractive. It's, that was attractive in the 80s, too. I, I, I Have believe you seen... You. It was an ugly time. <laughs> Full of ugly people. Right, but, like, it, it, he's attractive by, like, 50 standards. Here's the thing, though. Like, he doesn't have to be attractive. He's a billionaire. Right, but she's not attracted to him because he's rich. She's attracted to him because she's attracted to yeah, him. Yeah, I guess she does at first see him, and, and she's like, oh, hey. The uh, We were talking about Romancing the Stone, and there's this moment where she's in the bar and making eyes with some random blonde dude. And we were watch- the person I was watching the movie with who at some point I need to introduce you to because I think you two would get really get along. Like, we're all just like, was that dude considered attractive in the 80s? I guess. This is weird. I don't get this at all. Just like this weird, square, blonde dude, and it doesn't work. Yeah. 
It was a weird time. Weird time. The hairier you were, the more attractive you were considered. I've seen Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy. I I meant from like a Tom Selleck standpoint. Okay. (laughs) I I don't get that either, but isn't like the opening shot of uh, Malcolm in the Middle, they're just shaving Brian Cranston? (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen that. Someone was posting about it on Facebook recently. I was like, that's the opening shot? Good for them. Bold moves. (laughs) Bold move. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why I would I would suggest Woody Harrelson. Um, okay, I'll let you have one. How's that? All right, thank you. <laughs> I took the last two, so I'll, I'll let you have that. And Stephen Colbert. And Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I got you to put someone back in that you would cut. So yeah. I'll let you have Woody Harrelson. All right. So then let's talk about Bo's mom. Yes. I want to, since you said it, I want to go with Angela Lansbury. I mean, we kind of have to now. Yeah, that's She's like the perfect cameo. probably a little too old, but still. Eh, she still got it. Yeah. I'd had Meryl Streep. What, but, but okay, so here's the thing, though. When we're discussing this, is it things that anyone would ever do? <laughs> no, no, it's do the we, ideal. Okay, so we can put whoever the we hell we want. We can put whoever would be the best for the role. And if it's Meryl Angela Streep Lansbury... Too. But I feel like just for the... Especially if you're going to go with the, like, gay icons thing, like, you have to have Angela her... Angela Lansbury's yeah. probably. I'm like, I would love the idea of Angela Lansbury. Who did you have? Or did you not recast that? I hadn't really 100% thought about it yet. I was still thinking, because I wasn't sure who would be old enough that could still pull off. I think maybe like Betty White or something. I mean, the one that I always think of is, uh, the, the one I was leaning towards when I was watching it was, uh, the, on Two and a Half Men, the woman that cleans the house, like the house, never housekeeper. never seen an episode of Two and a Half Men. Don't bother. Oh, I won't. <laughs> but. Or like, uh, what's her face from Sex in the City? Oh, here's, here's her name. Conchata Farrell. Oh, I think I've seen her in stuff. Wow, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in a lot Holy of things. Holy crap. Yeah. like she, her, I love when you look up some random old actor and they've been in everything. everything. Like we were doing My Fellow Americans uh, before the end of the year because I wanted an election movie uh, in November. And she's just she's just randomly in that. I was like, it's that one woman. Yeah. It's like famous character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> but basically, yeah. But like, so that had been my initial knee-jerk reaction. Then I was like, nah, I kind of want to go with like kind of a... A, a dame. A dame. A grand dame. But I, but yes, if we were making it right now, right the second, Angela Lansbury is correct. Yeah, that is the correct answer. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So the next person I have on my list is uh, Vera Charles, the friend. Yes. Tell me who you had for Vera Charles. I had uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Tell me about Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, the great Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom. <laughs> One more time? <laughs> she's a, she's another, like, Christopher Guest person. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I yeah. know who you're talking about. Like, picture her, like, in those insane outfits with, like, her yeah. tits out and stuff and the big blonde hair and everything. I uh, I think I first saw her in Legally Blonde. Yeah. Which was my yeah, sister's yeah. favorite movie for a while, and it's still a great movie. And that that's, like, that's like what I always associated with. Oh, it's the woman from Legally Blonde. Yeah, totally is. I had RuPaul. Ooh. Because... Bring it forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Change it up a little bit. Not if it's the 80s. It Why depends. Not? That, because that wouldn't have been a... I mean, unless you're saying it's... Unless you're saying she's a woman. But I, she's not a drag queen. So there was no drag culture at all in the 80s? There was, but she wouldn't have been like the toast of New York, like, famous theater actress. No. Now, totally. Yeah. So I think it depends on when we said it. And if, if it's, you said if it's it now... A, if, now, absolutely no problem. Absolutely done. no problem. But I think you're right. I think if it's in the 80s, we do have to go with uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. 
right, or Page. I mean, you could cast RuPaul, but the conceit has to be that that's a woman, and we're all just kind of winking, and we know that it's RuPaul. I hate doing that because yeah, if you so cast if you cast a man to play a woman, that's the bit. Like right, like whenever you want to go to a sketch show and it's just a dude playing a lady, if that's not the bit, we're not paying attention to what the bit is. It drives me right. nuts. All right, cool. Jennifer Coolidge. Cool. Dwight Babcock, the mm. dude from the Knickerbocker Bank. <laughs> the dude from the Knicker, the guy that we all hiss at. Yes. Um, who who did you have? Let's have you go first. J.K. Simmons. Shut up! That's who I had. Are you serious? I swear to God, yes. he's the perfect person. He's perfect. I mean, you. Because first of all, it's J.K. Simmons. So we walk, watch. Like, oh, J.K. Simmons is here. Great. This is going to be good. No, it's no, not. it's not. This is no. going to be terrifying. No. no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Perfect. He That's wins. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm glad you capped up, clapped on Mike. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Not the end of the world. I just clipped everything. It's okay. I gotta edit everything anyway. We were just giggling when I clapped. It wasn't anything. Important. I'll have to. There'll be a chunk of those giggles missing. <laughs> All right, cool. That was easy because it's J.K. Simmons. It's, just, it's J.K. Simmons. So then let's do uh, Ito now. Who did you have for Ito? I'm struggling because I don't know if I would still cast an Asian person or if I would definitely make it a white person or if I would just fucking cut it. That's the thing. Because depending on how wealthy she is, like, she's not gonna, certainly not going to have a butler. Right. Or whatever his job was. And she may have, a like, a housekeeper. But I have people for both of these roles. Whether or not those roles last is entirely up to the writer. I feel like once he shows up with Nora, Nora should just be the housekeeper. Right. And she can be like, all right, fine, I'll take you on, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know that you need the fucking racist Japanese kid. No. But like I said, we're pretty white so far. Yeah. So I went ethnic for both of these uh, characters because still... I. My logic is it's still putting on the airs of looking just like any other affluent white household mm-hmm. where the people of color are the help. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, no, no, they're a part of the, I mean, we're actually friends. And then like, here's how we kind of subvert those expectations. So on the surface, it should look that way. And then when you actually step inside, it should be different. Who I had for Ito is an actor named Nico Santos. Oh, yeah. Who's on Crazy Rich Asians. He's in Superstore. Mm-hmm. And he's... He's a comedic actor of Asian descent. Yeah. I know him from Superstore, yeah. Yeah. And he's very funny, so it's, I just figure he's a he's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, and since you don't have anyone for that... Then that one wins great. And, and Congratulations, only, Nico. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but honestly, I agree, only if that character remains. Yeah. But then let's talk about Nora. I can go first for Nora as well. The actress I have for Nora is named, is uh, Monique. Just oh. Mo- just Monique. Just Monique. Mo apostrophe... Neek. And she's obviously been in a bunch of things. Like, she was in uh, Precious, and she was in The Parkers and Bessie, and she's in The Horror Show, and Love in the Nick of Time? I don't know. I recognize her. She's an actress that's been around for a little while, and I think that she can kind of do the sort of role that was originally portrayed by Nora, but in a more modern context. Who do you have? Um, I didn't have anybody yet. Oh. Fair enough. Okay. Monique it is. So congrats, Monique wins. Hooray! Then let's go with someone you absolutely did have someone for. Agnes Gooch. <laughs> um, the greatest person. The, the greatest uh greatest person of of the greatest person of period. all time. Just just period. Yeah. Um I had um Anna Kendrick. 
Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. The actress I had is uh, Miranda Hart. You may need to look her up. Yeah, I'm, it, she, is she redheaded? Her face is like in my head. I don't think she's redheaded. She was in Spy. She's in... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's a British comedian. And she's definitely a, a character actress, kind of like the original Gooch. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she's a little bit goofy looking, but she's so funny. What did I fucking see her in? Spy. Oh, yeah. That would be it. Mm-hmm. I don't you just... Spy. It could have been something else. That's that's the one I've seen her in. No, yeah, she's great. Cast but, her. Okay. But, like, because she's had her own show. She's had the Miranda show and all these other things. And she's just an amazingly funny British person. Great. She's in. Cool. Then the only other three people I have before we do writer and director are the bad fiancé, her dad and her mom. The bad fiancé. Did you have anyone else that I'm missing? I was, uh, well, there's Pegine, who you hate, but I think we should keep. Pegine? Yeah, that's her name. It's not Peggy. It's Pegine. Who? The, the girl that you thought was just a sex object. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about her. Um, For her, I was thinking Emma I th- Stone. She'd be great. Yeah. I've seen The Favorite. I know what's up. Great. She's The Favorite. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it because I couldn't get through The Lobster, and I'm afraid to watch anything else that that guy has ever directed. I haven't seen The Lobster, but The Favorite's good. It's terrible. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. It's awful. Yeah, no, it's, it's so weird. I, don't, I have no interest in The Lobster, but The Favorite was good. Uh, for Gloria, what's her face? Jennifer Lawrence. That's who you have? Yeah. I went a little bit younger because in my head she was still like just out of college kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I Well, w- they, they have Jennifer Lawrence play fucking 12-year-olds even though she's yeah, also but, almost 30. Yeah, no. Uh, the person that I had is an actress named Bella Thorne mm-hmm. who looks like an obnoxious little white girl. That's why I cast her. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Uh, just kind of like the same basic idea. I mean, she's the Disney school of acting. Yeah. And that can both work and not work. She's one of those actresses where the more I learn about her, the more I'm like, I don't want her in a thing. Mm. But she came up on the list of gay icons. And so and I I think she's bi or something. Oh. Just wanted generic white girl number 27. And she looks like generic white girl from Connecticut. Yeah. Because I, I literally, I think she comes from money. Oh. But I mean, obviously Jennifer Lawrence would also be great. Yeah. I feel like she could do that. If anything, mm-hmm. she'd have a little bit too much character, but she definitely could make us hate her. Yeah. <laughs> she does a good job already. And then for the parents. Uh, Who's fine? Which one do you want? Oh. Jennifer uh, Lawrence? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Great. So who do you have for the parents? Um, I had Will Ferrell and Melissa McCarthy. Interesting choice. <laughs> Strongly comedic. Yeah. I went I went with Have you seen the film? It is a broad well, it is, comedy. But I went with dramatic actors who Ooh. have no place in the comedy. Ooh, who, who? I went with Vigo Mortensen. Mortensen. <laughs> well he said the N-word, so he's out. He did? Yeah. Yeah. When? Like a month ago. He was doing oh. Yeah, sorry, no, no can no can do. He um he did, there was some press junket for Green Book or something, and he just said the N-word. That's not okay. Like, in a demonstrative sense, but still does not understand that you still cannot say uh, that, boo-boo. Like, you can't. Yeah, you can't And then, like, that. tried to double down on it at first. It was like, well, oh, that's not how I'm blah, blah, blah. And then eventually came back around to, like, I regret my words and my actions and then the whole thing. Yeah. But it took everybody having a fit before he even made an apology. Well, all right. Well, then he's definitely out. Uh, the mom was Jodie Foster. Huh. 
I don't think she can be that stupid, can she? I don't think I've ever seen Jodie Foster play a stupid person. I think if you she say could, Nell, I think I'll she smack could. you. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. I think she can if she's uh, if she knows that she's making fun of that person. If she knows that she is herself being a parody. I guess, but then does that go back into the into the RuPaul argument that like, well, is it just the bit of that that we're in it for then instead? Of- I mean, at this at this point, we've. I normally don't star stud the cast as much as we've done. Yeah. But for a movie like this, I think you certainly can. And that's why I think you can pull in like the big dramatic people. Like I, you could pull in the, whoever the big actress of the time is. The, your Sandra Bullocks or whatever. <laughs> for those listening at home, Nikki has made a face at the name Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I crossed my eyes and stuck my tongue out. She would actually be good though. Probably. you said her. Because she does, Yeah. She could do that. When they were like, oh, it's so cringy because she literally says, oh, I'm not creative. My husband comes up with all the ideas. God. And I was yeah. like, oh. But that's another thing. Well, although I think that character would still be like that. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Which is a problem. And they'd talk like this through their teeth. Yeah. Like, no matter what, how much you update the rest of the script, that character, that's just still who that woman is. Yeah. Which is like, so throughout sad. time. And the dad would also be exactly like that because he's this overconfident blowhard who's like, well, everything I say is gold because I'm a rich white man. And just a loud, obnoxious, ups and downs. Ha! <laughs> what does your elevator yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my house have in common? God. That was uh, my ex's dad. It was the most obnoxious. It's not good. Five years of my life. God. <sighs> it's over. You're going to be okay. <sighs> <laughs> so but I, so even if we don't go with Jodie Foster I don't necessarily think we should go broadly comic with Will Ferrell and Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. but I, so I like the idea of pulling in someone dramatic but I'd happily defer to you for who you think would fit that best um, I just don't see Jodie Foster and Viggo Mortensen's out because he said the N-word yeah he's out <laughs> um, but who are the other like attractive whatever I mean you could get uh, friggin Mad Men dude oh he he could be great. Because he does drama, but he also does comedy a little bit. He does. John Hamm. I keep, I Thank almost you. called him Don Draper 15 times for yeah. some reason. The words John Hamm wouldn't leave my mouth, even though any other time I'm like, oh my God, John Hamm. Um, that's true. I, I That is how you normally uh, behave and talk. And that's the first thing you say every time I see you. <laughs> hey, Sam. Oh my God, John Hamm. I Bye. know, right? Right. Um, oh, and that actually... No, she's not old enough. Who? Who's the one that played... Who's the redhead wife on Mad Men? Now that we're talking that? Why can't I think of her name? Christina Hendricks? Yeah. She wasn't... She was a secretary. Secretary, excuse me. She wasn't... Well, she was married to someone full, who was a very minor Full character. disclosure, I've never seen Mad Men. What? Would I enjoy it? Like, looking at me... You knowing me. Everyone I enjoys enjoy, it. But would I? Did you like Breaking Bad? I didn't watch Breaking Bad. <sighs> Yes, you'd enjoy it because literally everyone enjoys it. It's one of those things where people who don't think they're going to enjoy it are like, I cannot wait to tune in next week. Well, no, here's the thing. Like, I would probably be able to watch it and acknowledge that it was good, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it. Well, watch the pilot. See what you think. Right. That's that's the most... As a writer, that's all you need to watch is the pilot. Fair. Of anything. But anyway, (laughs) but those two, how would that work? I'm afraid that people would watch that and be like, ha Mad Men. Like, I feel like you have to have one or the other. All right, uh, then... I mean, they all, also neither of them may be old enough, so we need older actors potentially. Yeah, they wouldn't be old enough to have like a. I mean, technically, you know, biology is what it is. They could because John Hamm is forty-five. I mean, they just need to be old enough to be Jennifer Lawrence's parents. I mean, 
about it. Because how old is John Hamm? I think he's like 45. Let's find out using the internet. And if we're saying that, because what's her name? Gloria is talking about, I think she's talking about going to college or something. So she's like still in college. Yeah, there was an interesting age gap that I didn't fully buy into. Uh, John Hamm is 47. Yeah, so he could have like a 19-year-old daughter. Yeah. Easy. Oh, sure. Yeah, so I think that could work. There's no way Christina Hendricks's IMDb page is going to say her age. No, it does. She's 43. Is she? Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. But like I said, I'm just kind of pulling people. I'm, I'm open to other things, but I do think that they could be should be like primarily dramatic. Because I think that they should clearly not belong in the world of anti-Mame. Hmm. And I think that if you cast all of these different comedy people... You cast two comedy people for that, they will also. Like, even Jennifer Lawrence isn't a comedy person. She's a drama she's person. Not. She's not. She's a more of a dramatic person. So someone else kind of from that world. Um, Maybe Sarah Paulson? Did I not cast Sarah Paulson? I love Sarah Paulson. You did not cast her. <sighs> I considered her for something, but I think I used her recently. It was like, I can't use her again. I love Sarah Paulson. She's, I think, 44. Very good. 44 on the dot. Yes. Yeah, Sarah Paulson. Sold. Cool. And then you want to go with John Hamm? Yeah. I think he can do that kind of blowhard type of... I for sure think he can. Shaking your hand way too hard. Okay, cool. And then, is there any other cast that we're missing? I want to keep O'Banion and I want it to be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Remind me who O'Banion is? He's the guy that you hate. He's the writer assistant guy. <sighs> do we not have anyone else that you can look at in this movie? <laughs> not really, no. Man. I guess John Hamm, he's not, he's not in it enough. You need to split the difference. I need two guys I can look at. You could look at a CW schmuck. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Once they're too young, I'm like, now it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like if I met CW schmuck in real life, I'd be like, yeah, put more clothes on. What are you doing, young man? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris Hemsworth is like married with kids. Yeah. All right. How old is Chris Hemsworth? I don't know. Probably like 30. Let's find out. He's probably older than that. Chris Pine's like 40, isn't he? Oh. Chris Hemsworth is 35. Yeah, that's totally right up my alley. Last year I banged was 30. And how old is Catherine (laughs) O'Hara? Catherine O'Hara is like 70 years old. So, (laughs) I mean, I could definitely see a 35-year-old dating a 70-year-old for her money. Well, I mean, look at the film, though. He's way younger than she is in the film. I know. He's supposed to be in his 20s in the film, and she's, I guess, in her I just don't want a dude who commits sexual assault to be in the movie. I don't think that... Well, that doesn't have to happen. You can just have him just be super obviously lazy and not contributing and faking a fucking broken leg. I guess... And then bangs Agnes Gooch and you never hear from him again. I guess. I just don't think he helps at all. I'm happy to cast him. He doesn't. I just want to stare at Chris Hemsworth. There's so many movies for that. And he's so funny as Thor. Just go watch Bad Times at El Royale. No. Okay. (laughs) Although everyone says it's very good. Yeah. So I guess I should. It it is supposed to be good. Have you not even seen it? You're telling me to go watch it? I can't watch movies like that. What is it? I don't even know what it is. It's a thriller. It's. I thought it was a TV show. It's a. Th- it's a film. Yeah, it's a movie. Oh, hmm. it's a thriller movie, and I have a hard time with thriller and horror. Oh, I I've been like binging American Horror Story all this week. I know. <laughs> your your social media posts have been very clear. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to it uh, is bad past the first season. Yeah, that's what everyone, everyone says. It's every other season. Oh, even the the Coven one. I was like. This is not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just, it, they just they did the same thing that they've done all three times now at the the three seasons that I've watched. Is they like they'll start a whole crazy plot point and just like abandon it. And you're like, where did that 
do we not get a resolution? Okay, cool, sure. You did, you wrote yourself <laughs> in a corner and didn't know how to get out of it, so it just disappeared. Okay, it's cool. gone. Yeah, I was like, this is obnoxious. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so then we got to talk about director and then writer. Wow, um, I don't know. We were or writer that. and then director. Hmm. Do you not have people for that? I didn't know that we were going to do writer and director. Oh yeah, I always do writer and director. Hmm. Who I do can, you have? Want me to do writer first or director first? Whichever you want to do. I'll do um, writer, because I have a writing team for a writer. Oh. Uh, I picked Elizabeth Berger and Isaac Aptaker. Aptaker? I don't know who those people are. They wrote Love, Simon, and This Is Us. Why would you want people who wrote This Is Us to do a comedy? Eh, because I, I, like, I wanted the heartfelt thing. Because I think, like, on the face of it, it's kind of a, on, the, like, whatever. And it's the, the, it's the way the characters are portrayed that it's big. God. All right. I mean, Did Patrick's dad die when the crockpot exploded? <laughs> what? I haven't seen This Is Us. I've never seen This Is Us, and even I know that. That's how the dude died? Yeah. What's that's the, awful the hot dude and that's stupid. married to Mandy Moore. It was a whole thing. Crockpot tried to sue. Like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because they were like, our crockpots do not explode and kill people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Here's some news articles. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Yeah, Cock got really mad. It just me that my, neither my writers nor my director are specifically comedy. But but th- that's what I had. So for the writer, I had Elizabeth Berger and Isaac Aptaker. And then for the director, I had Todd Haynes, who did Wonderstruck and he did Carol. Okay. Um, I still think he'd be a good director, but I'm open to like doing comedy writers for... like Because I'm sure he can direct whatever. I think it should be written and directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. No. <gasps> I wish everyone at home could have seen Sam's face just now. It's the most dismissive. Just immediately went, no. The, the eyebrows went up and the eyes rolled back. I'm I stand million, by it. I'm, I'm a million percent said serious. Really? Yeah. But it's not a musical. So? So it... But what what is musical but broad comedy? Yeah. But what experience does he have writing anything other than, like, musical stuff? What experience do your guys have writing anything besides crockpot death? I'm, I'm agreeing sadness. that we should go with other pe- people other than them. You convinced me not to do them, abject but I want to do comedy. Sadness. Let's look up <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda and see if he's done anything non musical. Because having people who've written theater isn't necessarily a bad idea. Um, because, again, this started as a stage play and, or started as a book and then went to a stage play and then did a. Right. Uh, see earlier in this episode for a further breakdown of Anti-Mame. I mean, he's written... He doesn't just write, like, music and stuff. You have to write the book to plays and stuff, too. This is a question I don't know the answer to. Is he gay? No. He's, he's married, I believe. That's what I thought. Obviously, that doesn't matter, but whatever. I don't uh, know. I think he could do it. He probably could. I don't have anyone better off the top of my ha- uh, head. I would have to sit and do some research and find some good comedy theater I also think that if it is something where we're looking to like update it like having a person of color write and direct it is probably not the worst idea I don't disagree with that either you know he might have some good insight as to the Ito situation okay I wish that all my comedy friends could just write it yeah I mean it's it's, there's there's always that moment in every episode where it's like well can't we write it yeah I know (laughs) Uh, did you know that for this um, one I don't think I should write it I don't think I'd be a good choice the uh but I would take the job. Co-writer of um Bridesmaids, Annie Mamolo, is trying to remake this. And do you know who she wants to be Auntie Mame? Is it Kristen Wig? 
the funniest person on earth, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, you need to see Snowpiercer so badly. Yes, this is weird. Okay, I think I'm going. I am just going to go home and watch Snowpiercer because now this is weird. Oh my god! I literally have a character, a goofy comedic character, in a script that I love, and it is basically the Tilda Swinton character in Snowpiercer. But Chris Evans is in it, so I'm gonna watch the fuck out of it. And Tilda Swinton. (laughs) She's so good. I'm not going to... And here's the thing. (laughs) She'd be good. Do you think she'd be good as Auntie Mame? Honestly, yeah. Is she funny? Yeah. (laughs) What has she been in? She's been super funny. Snowpiercer! Is she funny? Is this a comedy? No! Her character is ridiculous. Huh. Okay. She's funny in that she's not trying to be funny. It, she she it isn't a comedic role. Oh, it's one. It's a Tilda Swinton funny thing. Yeah. Again, watch it. Okay. Fair. It, it's her being weird because it's Tilda Swinton because being it's weird. Tilda Swinton. And like, there's a solid argument that she's not human. But wait, in the film or in, no, in no, life? just in general. Like, there's a good chance she's an alien. Hmm. Uh, Pretty good. <laughs> but I like I could see it. She's not the right choice, but I could see it. <laughs> she isn't not. <laughs> because the whole reason why I even brought this up to you was because I wanted, I just wanted to see Catherine O'Hara play Auntie Mame. So that. I'm glad we went with her then. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the point. That was the, that, that was the that non-negotiable. Was the break. Yeah, that's, she's, she's the main part of the package. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to go with that writer from Bridesmaids or do you want to go with the memoir Miranda? Maybe they can co-write it. Maybe she can write it and he can direct it. I Rather not have him direct. Okay. I'd, I'd be happy to have him write, but I don't think he should direct. Okay. I don't know if she directs. We'll have, like, one of them do the first pass, one of them do the second pass. What's her name? Annie Momolo. Annie Momolo? Yeah. Annie. Oh, A-N-N-I-E. Okay. I heard Eddie Momolo. No. Annie. As in, the sun will come out tomorrow. So I think we have our cast and everything. So shall I go through it? Sure. All right. Auntie Mitt. Auntie Mame, but in the 80s. <laughs> Starring uh, Catherine O'Hara as the titular Auntie Mame. Mame yes. Dennis. Uh, young Patrick Dennis will be Jacob Tremblay. Old Patrick Dennis will be CW actor number 27, <laughs> a.k.a. Chris Wood. I love that we're calling him Old Patrick when he's like 22. Yeah, older Patrick. Lindsay is going to be Stephen Colbert. Beauregard Jackson Pickett Burnside will be Woody Harrelson. Bo's mom will be Angela Lansbury. Vera Charles will be Jennifer Coolidge. Dwight Babcock is clearly J.K. Simmons. Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. <laughs> Agnes Gooch will be played by Miranda Hart. The bad fiance, what was her name? Gwendolyn? Gloria. 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 Will be, will be Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, her dad will be John Hamm. And her mom will be Sarah Paulson. And Peggy Pegeen will be Emma Stone. Ito, if Ito remains in the movie, will be Nico Santos. And Nora Muldoon will be Monique. All of this will be directed by Todd Haynes and then written by... Annie Mamola, Lin-Manuel Miranda, kind of working that out. And then, against my better judgment, O'Bannon will be played by Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but that's Auntie Mae. Would you go see this movie? Yeah. Would you go see this train wreck? <laughs> <laughs> I'd throw them $20 and be like, call me a producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, well, cool. This Yay! was fun. Thank you for making me watch this movie. Thank you for You're clapping welcome. again. <laughs> Just a little bit of a clap. <laughs>
fun. What things do you have to promote that you would like people to do or follow or give you money for? If if you are a person in the greater Los Angeles area who needs either headshots or a, some new portrait photos, maybe something fun for the Bumble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh Hit up nickdphotography.com. That's N-I-C-K-D-E-E photography.com and have me shoot you. Or ask her what the top, best top 40 songs are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, from from 1967. It, we're coming in number, number 27 on Nick D's in the weekly top 40. <laughs> this week, it's for the 137th week in a row, it's Gautier's Call Me Maybe. I don't know. No. <laughs> Wait, didn't he kill someone? or, ha- or did, What? He tried to have someone killed or someone tried to have him killed. What? Rick D's? Rick D's? No. Isn't he the voice of Shaggy? Who am I thinking no, of? No, you're thinking of Casey Kasem. I'm thinking of Casey Kasem. That's the that's the impression I was No, Casey doing. Kasem is is like America he's dead now. But he's yeah, like, but you know. Casey Kasem was great. I don't know I don't know anything about Rick D's. Oh, yeah. No, I think he either So he's a monster? He either tried to have another DJ killed or another DJ tried to have him killed. Man. I don't remember. Or this, he he might not be This is why we can't have nice things. Oh, no, just copyright. <laughs> oh no he didn't try to kill anybody he just infringed on some copyright someone tried Whatever. to have someone else killed and i can't remember who it is now uh social media or anything you want people to pay attention to or nah um you can follow me on instagram at nick photo um or on that's it <laughs> <laughs> fair uh and if you want to follow me i'm on twitter at sam gash s-a-m-g-a-s-c-h and if you want to follow the podcast we are on Twitter at Ideal Remake. We are on Instagram at Ideal Remake. Ideal Remake. And then we are on Facebook, Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast, all those things. And the one thing I will ask this week is if you enjoyed the show, if you think you have someone who would enjoy this or any of our previous episodes, just please tell one person in your life about Ideal Remake. It would mean a lot to me personally. And I love you. All right, cool. Well, thank you for having me on, Nikki. I got super <laughs> heartfelt. Yeah. You're welcome for being on my show. I don't know. What do you want from me? Uh, I'm bad at this. It's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's whatever. What's a good quote from the movie to to send us out on? Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. Yes. Yes. We'll go with that. (laughs)